Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com. Keyword passport. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Welcome to the family with Mike Gelfand and Andy Brand Bernard. Got the, like the, the senior squad. This is the, like the A squad, isn't it? Yep. Main yes. team. Yes, it. <laughs> that sounded very convincing. <laughs> I will tell you that. Very, very convincing. No question about it. So, um, we were, I was talking about this a little earlier uh, in the morning, before the, even the morning show started. And I, w- I was watching television, and I, what I need now is about 15 seconds on CNN and 15 seconds on Fox. Mm-hmm. They rip the piss out of each other, and then I just move on. Because yeah. I, I still do think, and I'm not kidding, that there are, there's a guy from CNN and a guy from Fox. They get together every morning at about 4 in the morning and go, okay, I'll put you in a headlock, and then you poke me in the eye, and then we'll... It's like all-star wrestling, Mike. You know, I don't know about Fox, but I know with CNN, those the, there's you know there's a lot of guys on CNN now, men and women who were on Fox before. So oh, these right? people are just basically actors. Yes, they are. That's exactly right. Very good point. It's 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 literally all-star wrestling, and. And it's all about making money, uh, trying to drive viewers, trying to attract viewers to you. I don't know if that's working all that well. I have heard that national news doesn't do anywhere near as well as it used to. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Well, especially the the broadcast stations. Yes. They've lost so many people uh, over the years. Um, and because a lot of people don't want, like, a real straight shooting news show. You know, they they want it, they want it to be well. They just want people to to reinforce their beliefs, and of course, yeah. that it's a yep. it's of course it's a it's it's a complete cycle because you know the, the, these are these it's a you know one one surges one one empowers the other, and then the other one empowers the other, and pretty soon you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, no question. I was watching a little bit. I watched just a little bit of uh, Hannity last night. So he's mm-hmm. interviewing uh, the uh, what the who's the guy who used to be the uh, you know he was the the White House physician for for both I think Obama and Trump, and he's he's now a congressman in Texas. He's the guy who used to pass out pharmaceutical products on the uh, Air Force One. <laughs> 
You remember that, right? <laughs> yes. You'd go down the aisle like a stewardess and say, "Oh, I got you know, I got some uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, Valium today. I got some Halcyon if you really need it. Uh, well, you want a little oh, Adderall? I got Adderall, sure, yeah." And so he's he's talking. Hannity says to him, uh, "It's one it's one thing to have a loaded question, but Hannity says to him." Um, so um, you're a medical doctor, and uh, so what is your opinion uh, about uh, about what's going on with Joe Biden? Um, obviously, even before he became president, he was demented and hardly able to put one foot in front of the other. Um, but do you think it's much worse now? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How could it get worse than that? Well, it can, according to, according to the physician, yes. Much worse. Well, I suppose. Yeah, much worse. There's no question about it oh, yeah. yeah i gotta be honest with you i i can't name a, a national news anchor that i even like on any side yeah. i just don't care for them they've all got their money to be made and i just i don't dislike them but i don't like them either there are some i dislike some of them are just dis- disgusting they really are yeah well, but um you're right you know usually usually when i'm when i'm doing my uh, my thing on my recumbent exercise bike Oh, there you go. I, I like to do it around 5.30 or so. So I watch the national news. I, 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 I go from one to the other. But I suppose, yeah. I yeah, suppose right. the one I wind up liking the best is uh, is ABC with, with Muir. He, yeah, uh, that, I agree. I yeah. like the way he sells it, you know. Yep. It's a really slick show. What, what I would like better is if they didn't have an intro that lasted three minutes. They do. Yeah, I'd like them to get just right to the stories. It is true. Now, how about this story? We'll lead with this story. This is the Wall Street Journal, their top story. Mm-hmm. Hamas is losing every battle in Gaza. It still thinks it could win the war. I'm looking at the picture. Mm-hmm. There is nothing left of this city. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, it's, yeah. It, it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, the, the bastards who led us into that thing on every yep. side. Yep. It's, it's just, it's a, it's just if you if you believe that nothing good can ever happen, just keep reading about what's going on there. Mike, where did this? Because I I you know I, where I grew up, my life, and all the rest of it. I've known a lot of Jews in my life, but I've never met a Palestinian, so I don't know anything about Palestinians at all. Yeah. Um, I just don't really. What happened to our college system that they're turning on Jews the way they are? What is that? Well, it's a, obviously it's a small subset of, of people. It's not, you know, most college students, and I, this goes back certainly many, many years to when I was in college. We had, we had a lot of activists then, and, I, and I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for them because they did a lot of good. But most students, they, they just, they just want to go to their class, and, and they want to maybe sometimes right. party a little bit, obviously. Uh, but their, their two concerns are generally academics and fornication, and that's the way it should be. Well, see, there you're absolutely right. I was shocked because I had never seen it before. Um, Andy was staying at a place in West Palm Beach a, a while back, and I walked down the street past his old building, and there was a Palestinian demonstration going on right in the middle of West Palm Beach, which I never thought I'd see at. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd see it. No. Because I will tell you something. You can find a Jew in Palm Beach. Yeah, I think probably uh, if you uh, fired a matzo ball down Main Street, you'd, you'd probably hit a Jew or two. Okay, so what I'm leading to in all of this is, whether it's Palestinian or Jews, whatever, how is it because you are a Jew or a Palestinian, you're exactly like all of the rest of them, you're not any different than a... I, 
because you're a Jew doesn't mean you're like all other Jews or a no. Palestinian. You're like all other Palestinians. What is that? Well, and and in Israel itself, you know, there it's not it's not that much different from from here. There are a lot right, of people. Right. There, are, there are Zionists there, just like there are Zionist Jews here, and there are a lot of people who are are basically just secular humanists. Yep. So. The college system in and of itself, and I'll get off the subject because it's just too depressing, but I just don't understand these colleges turning on Jews the way they are. I don't get it, Mike. Yeah, I, 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 I do think it's not. I mean, look, there, there's always going to be a few people in the faculty who are way out there. There are yeah, students true. who are way out there. But, you know, it's just the, it's the same old story. It's a small number of people who make the most noise. You're absolutely right about it. So I'm glad to hear you say that because it's so you don't think it's as widespread as it looks on television? No, not at all. But that's what you Good. see. It is what you see. It looks like it's everywhere. Because it's news. Yeah, because it's news. The, but kid, you I, know, the I, kids I, who are going to class and, and, as I say, they're just doing what college students do. They, they don't get a lot of uh, air time at night. Oh, oh man. I you think, just went out and you dropped it off again. And Andy, where'd Andy go? I'm here by myself now. What the hell happened? <laughs> Yeah, where, do, you, do you know where Andy is? Uh, I think he just left for a minute, I'm guessing. Uh, but oh. uh, Well, there he is. Andy, were you working on something? Yep. Not, wasn't, had nothing to do with Gelfan. That was a coincidence. Well, he dropped off again. Can we get him back up? Yep. I think I, I, think I just touched something. Way to go, Mike. Yeah, I know. Typical. I, I mean, yeah, I, typical Gelfan has to ruin everything he touches. It typical. wasn't a jolt. <laughs> well, that's good. You didn't get electrocuted. I'm glad to hear that. That's good news. <laughs> I think it's very, very good news. Yeah, we're going to, you know, when Andy gets back, I'll talk to him about this. Maybe we should get a get one of the chief engineers to come in and kind of reset everything and redo it. And if anything needs to be improved, we'll improve it because, you know, it gets a lot of action. There's no question with the morning show and the family show and all the rest of it. It gets a lot of different people coming and going and all the rest of it. But I just... I want to make sure that it all works, and but Andy knows more about that stuff than anybody else I know, so he'll get it all teamed up and or teed up, excuse me, and, and all ready to go. But I do like the fact that that Mike, you do feel the same way that I do that they're overplaying this uh, hatred of the Jews' hand in America. Why are they doing that? Well, it's a lot. I mean, it's been so politicized, you know, because. Uh, in in this particular case, you know, the Republicans jumped on all that stuff as proof that higher education is a failure, and yeah. and you know, I mean, it's everything well, it has is. to be has to be politicized and 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 used as ammunition against the other side. No question. Now, I will tell you, you and I have probably maybe you and I have talked about it because I've known you for forty years. <laughs> But I, I walked into college, lasted one day and left because the, the political stuff that was going on, the ill will and all the I, – I wanted nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, but it was also the failure to find a good parking spot, right? Well, that was – that might have been part of it, that Mike. that is a big problem. Just... Imagine what it's like now. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine. I used to so go. Anyway. I used to park at, at the uh, the parking ramp at the Kaufman Union. It was mm -hmm. a sweet place, but it cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. However, I then le I got there at noon and I left at like two a.m. So it was free for me. No, I you know I wasn't going to expose this. I wasn't going to talk about it openly, but I've decided to change my mind. 
are you, Mike Gelfand, going to take the job you've been offered as the uh, new speaker uh, of, the, of the Senate for the GOP? You're going to take McConnell's place. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I could ever be that big an asshole. <laughs> so probably hey, like not. Of them? Imagine the damage this man has done to democracy. Oh, God. I mean, all of them, Mike. Just, They're all disgusting. Well, you know, I mean, he's the guy He's the guy who's probably more responsible than anyone, you know, almost anyway, for uh, the uh, for Roe versus Wade being uh, deleted from mm-hmm. the universe. He's the guy who, yeah, and, you know, that's, that, that, that actually has hurt his party quite a bit. When, and, and I just mentioned that because aside from, aside from all the other debate about it, um, he's not supposed to do something that, that causes par- damage to the party. He's, supposed, he's the guy mm. who's supposed to, you know, keep the party uh, glorified. And so and we'll be talking about the damage he did. You know, they'll be talking about it 100 years from now. Well, and I got to be honest with you, the, the the lowest point in my life is when I turned on the television and McConnell was talking to Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's another <laughs> one. That Schumer, oh, what a scam artist that guy. Well, is. these guys, their their responsibility is to empower their own party. Yes, that's it's, true. It's but but you know who who out there in Washington wants to legislate? No one. No. No, that's absolutely true. Are we ever going to get back to an even keel, do you think, ever? Or have we ever been an even keel? Well, maybe a little closer to being an even keel. I mean, there was a time when when you and I were probably just teenagers, maybe. There was a time when the Republicans and the Democrats could, you know, they could they could yell at each other during the day. But at night, mm-hmm. they were sharing a few martinis. And, yeah, and you know, so true. that that helped. That helped them to be able to compromise. But... There can't be any compromise now when they all hate each other and refuse to even look at each other. And I don't understand. Why would you bother to hate someone? You do your job as best you can. If you're not in the majority, it's not going to work. But you did the best you could. Yeah. Well, the system is not right now. It does not accommodate compromise. No, it does not. You're absolutely right. So what else is going on in the news? I just want to check with you on that. Because you and McConnell are going to dinner tonight, aren't you? Well, that's correct. Well, I think I will, yes, yes. At a time. That's a pretty good impression, actually. You should put some glasses on when you do it. I know. I, I, it's been better. It, sometimes if I work on it, it's, it's, it's much better. But uh, Mitch is a guy who probably is not one of the more difficult people to... to uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's... He's, he's just sitting out there. He's, he's, he's basically ripe fruit. I want you to do me a favor. The next time you do your, your Mitch McConnell impression, mm-hmm. I want you to freeze up like you did a couple of months ago. What do I you think, think? I think maybe that may have something to do with the fact that he's stepping down. <laughs> you think it might have something to do with it? I think so. I would have to agree with you. There's no question about it. Locally, anything uh, good, bad, or indifferent well, going on? Good. I mean, uh, the Williams Arena packed last night for the yep. Iowa-Minnesota women's basketball game. Yep. I shelled out six bucks to watch it. Six? Yep. Um, 30, a 30-day 30, uh, subscription to um, to uh, Peacock. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Peacock, they're putting a lot of stuff on Peacock now. Well, Peacock's very smart. The fact that they... Uh, they uh, 
paid whatever they had to pay for the rights to a lot of Iowa women's basketball games, for example. Mm -hmm. These are games that people, like last year, I I started following Caitlin Clark last year because, you know, she was such a phenomenon. And and uh, but the networks didn't didn't see what kind of attraction she was going to be. So Peacock wrapped up a lot of these games and they were very smart to do it. How did they not see that coming, though? She's very popular. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just love watching her play. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how many people watched the game last night. Williams Arena was packed. But I would guess there were at least a couple million people around the country watching on Peacock. Yeah, I would imagine. And it's worth it. True. It's a great show. That's what everyone tells me. I, I, I did not see it personally, but uh, everyone just that, that watched it just loved it. Oh. They were very impressed. Yeah, she's she's great, and you know she she had a triple double again last night, which means she really? double figures in in points, rebounds, and assists. So she's just making that team so much better. Her passing is is uh, NBA scale passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. She sees the whole court, and she involves her teammates a uh, uh, hell of a lot. People are now talking about how she's going to break Pete Maravich's record for most points. And, it's, it's, of course, it's an absurd comparison. Right. Why would you compare those things? Because they just love this. That's what, that's what I love about people the most. Whatever I am, I'm going to improve on what that is. <laughs> so not only you look better, I look a lot better. And people, it's all about me. People want statistical compensation for their their viewpoints i should say confirmation and so they get that that from from all these statistics that are meaningless no it's absolutely true i don't know that's that that's a big we are getting so self-involved now in america and i think around the world actually that everybody it's not just looking inward to contemplate what you should do next it's looking inward because you don't care about anyone else yeah, I, I guess that's true. Again, you want that, you want that confirmation, whatever it might be. And yeah. um, but you know, one one reason I like watching her is because although she's breaking all these records for scoring, she is a team player. Mm-hmm. And you don't always see that at other levels of basketball. Well, basketball is the prime example of a sport you don't see a lot of that in. I would think. No, I mean, if if you watch, say, a Timberwolves game, it's basically all about one narcissist's achievements. It is. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to mention who it is, Anthony Edwards, but... Um, <laughs> but it was very sly, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it, that's all it is. He gets the ball. He, he he likes to take the inbound pass because then he doesn't ever have to pass the ball. He has doesn't have to work True. to get the ball. And then he just dribbles up the court. So he, he dribbles for about well, about 17 seconds. You know, that leaves him seven seconds to maybe go through a double or triple team and attempt to score. And if you do it enough, if he does it enough because he's very talented, he scores. Yeah. But all the other guys are just sitting there watching. Actually, they're not always doing that. Sometimes they're setting a pick for him. I just saw a headline pop up on my screen. You guys are going to love this. This just popped up. As breaking news, Minnesota has a $3.7 billion surplus, but officials warn against spending it all. Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, I, I, <laughs> that was, that was the lead story uh, on the homepage of the Star Tribune, yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the lead story right now. Uh, the, the, I, I just, why don't you give it back to the people you got it from? How about that? Well, I mean... Uh, 
theoretically it's going back to the people, but in much different uh-huh. ways. But it's not yeah. going to be in checks, you know. No. Um, a lot of it is the a lot of it, of course, and this is really a huge debate between parties. But a lot of it's about about rapid transit, about light rail, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, the the people in in rural Minnesota, and that would be the Republican Party. They don't want this because it has doesn't do anything for them. And then, of course, the, the people, the Democrats in the in the city, they they want it because it'd be great for them. So, yeah. So right away, you've got this this battle going on, left versus right. So every again, everything is going to be a political battle. Yeah, it always. But I got a question: Why is that bridge sitting out there in Hopkins that hasn't been touched in about six years? What the hell is that? <laughs> now, which bridge is that? Oh, that's a part of the rail system. That, oh, the rail know. system. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's that thing has been delayed so many times, and that's one reason why the cost has gone up so much. Yeah, that's the one that that does. That, is that the one that winds up going through? Uh, that will wind up going through um, the uh, Kenwood area. I think so. Eden Prairie to Kenwood, I think, is what they're talking about. Because those people I in think. Kenwood, you know, they they alone have delayed things for probably about at least a year, hiring yeah, all these did. attorneys yeah. because they think it's going to be a terrible thing for Kenwood to have light rail go through. Oh, of course, yeah, probably. Kenwood. Well, just to kidding? build, it's going to take ten years. Oh yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's hard to keep track of it all. I mean, it would be great for me, that's for sure, if I could yeah. if I could hop onto one of those trains and go where I want to go. But it's not going to happen in my lifetime. No, it's not. And I just, as a matter of fact, Andy's not at his mic right now. He's I think he's working on some other stuff. But mm. Andy, uh, when he lived uh, on North Washington Avenue, he tried riding the light rail uh, several times. He just finally gave up on it because he said it was just. Oh, Andy, you're back now. I was just talking about you when you used to try to ride the light rail when you lived uh, downtown in the mm-hmm. North Loop and how you finally just gave up on it because you just couldn't, you just didn't feel comfortable. Or Why why did you just give up on it finally? I mean, yeah, that's about it. It was fine for a while. Um, right. I lived downtown, what, from like, I don't know, 2016, 17, something like that. To about five years ago. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah, right. so you, you, a few years. there for a couple of years. A few years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really only ever took it to the airport. So. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, that's right. You took it to the airport. Yeah, and I think I took it to, like, the Capitol building one time. And, but, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but then... Uh, then people started stabbing each other outside the stations, and I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be doing that anymore. Yeah, I understand. <clears throat> I, I mean, you cannot open up anything like that without having it, you know, guarded. Oh, yeah, you no, have, no you doubt. Do. You have to guard things now. You probably always have, to tell you the truth, just guard the good things. And Yeah, I guess. Know. I don't so know, I when, I was, when I was like, you know, five years old, my brother and I used to used to take the streetcar. That's how long ago that was. And uh, I don't remember, you know, I mean, we brother was eight, I was five, and we'd, we'd get on the streetcar in St. Paul and go to downtown Minneapolis. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think today if your eight-year-old said, yeah, me and my five-year-old brother are going to hop on the light rail, uh, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen. Well, like I said, I talk all the time about the fact I used to walk from Plymouth and Bryant downtown mm-hmm. as a seven, eight, nine-year-old, sure. and nobody ever bothered me, ever. Right. No, right. 
It's a different world now, huh? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know what's so amazing to me is, you know, everybody focuses on skin color and things like that. But it's more than that. It's a cultural thing. We are culturally completely different. So when you, somebody was telling me that Michigan now has a couple of million uh, people from the Middle East living there. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Dearborn, of course, you know, is a... Yeah, Dearborn, that's right. Yeah, it's... That's that's a different thing. There was a big story today, maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember in the Washington Post um, about about crime and immigrants, and all the numbers say that that immigrants immigrants uh, commit far fewer crimes, especially real serious crimes, than people who were born in this country. But no one wants to believe it, and uh, and there's enough there's enough immigrants here that every now and then you are going to see the stories about crime by immigrants. And so, again, this goes back to what we started th- this this whole segment with. Again, so people hop on that when there's when there's you know when there's when there's an immigrant who kills someone. Oh, that's you know we got to get rid of all the immigrants because mm-hmm. it's that that the it's. It's the politics, you know. We're going to grab onto that, and we're going to make sure people hate immigrants because it's good for us. And the other side, of course, takes takes the other view. So, 
yeah, it's, um, I don't know, where do we go from there? Well, the problem you have is that lately these people crossing our border are committing a lot of crimes. They're not immigrants. They're not here legally, and they do commit a lot of crimes. There is no doubt about that. I mean, it's not the same people that have been here for years and years. It's not them. Mm-hmm. It's, I still don't never understand why we just opened the border. Hey, come on in. Everything's fine. Why did we ever? Was it for votes? Is that why they did well, that? Well, there, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, but, um, you know, we talk about. The, the statistics that were that are hard numbers that we know about, you know, that's a that's a big reason why unemployment has just has just plummeted in this country. Why we have such a low unemployment rate? It's because of immigrants. Because they'll work cheaper. Absolutely. That's what I hear. They do jobs, you know, working in yep. slaughter plants and and picking crops and things that people born here just won't do. It's true, but I mean, you can't deny that every night there's a new story about some guy that walked across the border and started hacking people up. And uh, I, I mean, it, I don't know if it's ev- quite like that, but I mean, oh, every is. every night, look at look at what's going on in in Minneapolis right now. These are not immigrants committing these crimes. No, you're absolutely right. There, it's the local people that are doing that. And we have lots of immigrants here. We do, but they don't all behave either. Well, unfortunately, no, that's true. That's definitely true. I mean. That's that's just a, a problem across the world. No, it absolutely is. You're right about that. It's a worldwide problem. But but it is a fact that that um, murders, especially, but crime in general, you know, has gone way down in in the U.S. in the last few years. Well, the murders have gone way up, so we're about no. They, the, in, in in especially in cities. Across the country, the murder rate is really significantly down in the last few years. Boy, that's not what I see at all. Well, it's what the FBI says. Well, the FBI. Don't talk to me about the FBI. <laughs> what a piece see, of See, there shit we go again. You know, it's the FBI. They're all, yeah. I mean, every institution now has been demeaned and challenged. And so there's at least one group of people who hate every institution. Well, no, I, I had to work with them once, and it was a horrible experience. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was a terrible experience working with those. There were two women, and they just, well, one of them finally just said to me, I don't even know why we're here. You got enough money. It's like, really? That's your job to tell me that? Really? Wow. I'll never forget that as long as I live. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't bring them up to me too often. I've, I I've known two FBI agents. Yeah. And one of them I just basically just, I mean, and this is true of the FBI in general, one of them just sat in front of his computer all day. Yeah. Which is, I'm not demeaning that because they, right. they get a lot of information that way. The other one was an old school guy. And, uh, and he said uh, he, was, he was in the process of moving to Cleveland. And I said, oh, you're going to Cleveland? And he said, yeah, yeah, they assigned me to Cleveland. I'm thinking like, oh, God, how horrible is that? To have to go from Minneapolis <laughs> to Cleveland. And, and he said, yeah, he said, I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, there's a lot of mafia in Cleveland. There you go. A lot, a lot of things to do. So there was the cowboy and there was the technocrat. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And let's not forget Cleveland River, one of the only rivers that ever caught fire. <laughs> That's right. I just love that well, story. Well, also I'll... the whole city went bankrupt. The city went bankrupt. That's yeah, exactly and I've right. been to Cleveland and I know why. Look, I don't, I'm not condemning all FBI agents. No. That's not what I'm doing at all. Like, I don't condemn the police or any of that stuff. It's just... You have such horrible experiences, and I personally believe 
that once you take a job as a law enforcement officer on any level, whether it's national, statewide, citywide, countywide, you should never be allowed to puke up your politics on anything. That is not your job well, is to take a political view. But the whole, the, whole, the other side of that, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this is justification. The other side of it is it's hard to find anyone these days who isn't on one side or the other, you know, and who plays yeah. it straight down the middle. It's harder to find these people because we are so politicized. Identity politics has corrupted the country so much. And again, it goes back to what you were saying. Are we ever going to get back? Are we ever going to get rid of that? And the answer is it's not in the, not in the immediate future, of course. You know, it's funny about that. I've been talking about myself because I was raised a Democrat. My mother loved being a Democrat. And then I tried because of a couple of shots Democrats took at me. I tried being a Republican, and that went okay for a while, but then I didn't like that either. So I've pretty much settled down pretty much in the center on all my views, all the rest of it. And people bitch at me for that too. You so know, it's like, yeah. I'm trying to stay out of the argument. Just leave me alone. No, no. you gotta take a, you got to take a side. Well, like, no, in, I don't. In this country, you're supposed to uh, view your beer through the political sphere. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're on the left, you have to drink one kind of beer. If you're on the right, the other kind. What the hell? Beer. It was a Bud Light. It was Bud Light. Well, that was one of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, we can't. We can't. We're not. We're boycotting them. Yeah. It's, let's get over that. So, Andy, what does your generation think of all that, that everything now has to be politicized? It depends on who they are. A lot of them like it, but a they lot do. of them also don't. So, I mean, where, where do you find out? the? Well, you don't hang around with a lot of different people, though, do you? No, I don't. I read all sorts of things online, though. Mm-hmm. I go to far left places, far right places. There are yeah. precious few centrist places. In fact, I don't think I could yes. name one. Uh, a, a, a centrist news source? Or just, like, places on the Internet where people who aren't political extremists yeah. hang out. Well, that's where all the think- clicks are, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah. So it's driven, It's again, we were talking about this earlier, too. It's it's driven by public demand, and public demand is driven by the extreme news sources. Mm-hmm. I do remember, though, and I, I, I love to look back at all that the whole situation. In my neighborhood when I was a kid, there was not a lot of fighting between the Catholics, the blacks, and the Jews. There just wasn't. Right. What, what happened? Well, I, I guess... I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think when it comes to my, you know, my mother, of course, went to North High School. Yes. And so because, you know, Jewish people went to North High School, if you go back to, well, certainly back to the to the 30s and 40s where, and when my mother was going to school and mm-hmm. um, they there was a, a common bond there they because they were, you know, and of course, those would include Catholics, too. They, they were all discriminated against. Yep. And blacks and Jews, for sure, they in, in the days when, you know, when I was born, even, uh, people people couldn't live wherever they wanted to live. And they were no, redlined. you're absolutely right. The Jews right. and the blacks were both redlined, so the banks wouldn't wouldn't give them a mortgage. And uh, and that went on for a long time. And it did indeed. And so there was that bond there. But that bond isn't there anymore. No, it's not. No, you're absolutely right. I, I just, uh, it was a, I literally lived there for years and years and years, and I don't remember a whole lot of conflicts. 
people were having fun. They'd have the Plymouth Avenue Parade. Yeah. And then it moved up and became the Golden Valley Road Parade. And then it was brought, it kept going further north as each yeah. five years period passed. It just, it was very, very interesting. But I, I honestly, I am really glad I grew up where I grew up because I learned a lot about the world growing up where I grew up, you know. Yeah. That's what uh, multiple cultures will do. They will. They will. Absolutely. It's uh, and and we still are driven by multiple cultures in this country. It's just that the cultures are far more likely to hate each other. I still don't understand that one either. Why would I give a rat's ass what your culture is? Good for you. I'm happy for you. Well, if you look at say compare the Jews and the blacks now. You know, I, I've never heard of anyone, of the cops stopping anyone because they were Jewish, right? <laughs> it's like, well, well if, they, if you were in the yarmulke, you might get pulled well, over. Well, yeah, well, probably not, but yeah. Probably not, but, yes. but But you could, yeah. Uh, so, you know, so right away there's, that's, that's going to be a problem. It is, but look, let's look back at this. The number one public school rated academically in the United States of America in the 30s and 40s was Minneapolis North High School. Sure, yeah, right. People do not believe that. You can look it up. Oh. It's true. It was the highest rated academic public school in America. And think of all the the, um, the great leaders who came out of North High School. I mean... Sid he, Hartman. Was, well, like Sid Hartman. He went to school occasionally, didn't he? Occasionally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was too busy selling right. newspapers on the corner. <laughs> That's true. Having to support his family when he was 12. That's very, very true. But I just, that's why looking back at it all, uh, you know, I just, I am I feel very, very fortunate where I grew up. Yeah. People go, what are you talking about? It's just dirt poor and it was miserable and blah, blah, blah. There were so many great things about it, I can't even tell. And you could pick up a salami sandwich for five cents at Plitman's. Plitman's Deli, I still talk to Michael about that. <laughs> Going to Plitman's back yeah. in the day, that's where I first heard. I ordered, made my order, and the guy said, Fe goyesha nachis. <laughs> so I learned very, very young how to speak a little Yiddish. Yeah. It was wonderful, the whole thing. Can we ever get back to the day, and I guess the reason I bring that up, where we admire each other's cultures? I don't know. Probably not. It's probably never going to happen. I mean, I think I think in many we cases we do, but we may not even know that we're admiring yeah, someone maybe. else's culture. And that's that's of course that's the great old fashioned American uh, American greatness. You know, it's it's that it's that it's that whole thing that I've talked about before about anthropology. You know, we don't make changes, we don't make improvements, we don't advance without the mm -hmm. without the clash of cultures. And it's of course it is generally it's not a clash of cultures like war. It's just that you've got you've got, you know, things going on from both sides of a spectrum. And in the end, because of that, it's just like Socratic discussion. In the mm -hmm. end, we take the best of that. That's the melting pot, but yeah, not so much. I got to do one very quick re-reference, and then we'll move on with where we are. I had not seen this headline before. I just went to the Star Tribune website. Clark Clark sets scoring record as the goat goes wild at the barn. Now that is a great headline, <laughs> don't you think? I can't even parse it. <laughs> yeah, you're it's not a big sports. It's the fan. whole goat thing. The goat, the greatest the, of all time. And the problem with goat, of course, is that it could mean. Two very opposite things. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. But I think in Clark's uh, 
arena, goat is a good oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, she's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, sure. honestly, if, if, if people who are listening have never seen Caitlin Clark, you you got you got to see her act, and of course you'll you'll have a lot of chance to see it in the uh, in the women's basketball college tournament, which is coming right up. God, you know what? We I will just show you how prescient we are on this show. How we think ahead of the curve. Forward thinking. All right. Mm-hmm. Forward thinking. There's a story just popped up on the Star Tribune. Cost of Blue Line extension could exceed the Southwest Light Rail. So, in other words, it's going to take about another 20 years to get this done. Is that what they're saying? I'd say at least. At least 20 years. I think, no, I think you're right about that. I think it'll be at least 20 years. But I didn't know that headline existed. I didn't even know that story was in the Star Tribune. We just started talking about it because it's, be, it's literally become a huge problem. And it's, it is so hard to follow what's going on with the light rail because you wind up swimming in all sorts of acronyms and, and you know, well, this was the way it was last year. This yeah. is the way it is this year. And, you know, how do you follow all that? It's not easy. There's no question about that. And the numbers that, mean almost nothing because, you know, if it's $2 billion today, it'll be $3 billion next year. Yeah. $3.7 billion. Why don't we just take that $3.7 billion we got now and finish it off? Let's get done with it. Let's give, go. Give everyone a chauffeur. Yeah, well, hey, that's not a bad idea. You're, you're employing people. You're getting everybody a good sure. job. Nothing wrong with that. The Uber people wouldn't like it, though. No, I suppose that's And, and I take true. Uber a lot. And uh, I, I tell you, I enjoy, and you talk about, talk about cultures. I learned so much talking to Uber, Uber drivers because a lot of them are not from this country, and, yes, and they have different true. perspectives. Most of them, uh, and most of them, the, well, I'd say almost all the ones who are who are immigrants driving Ubers. You know, they they I tell you they love this country. Now I have a question for you: Why did they use the name Uber? I don't know. In most cases, Uber is not a good thing. Well, Uber it means just too much. It means well, or well it, it's not kind necessarily. of necessarily. Yeah, it means over. Well, no, not necessarily. I'm just saying in one area. It yeah, it, it, sometimes. Well, I don't know. Andy would have a different perspective. I, I think I think of Uber as being something that's incredibly, just incredibly uh, powerful. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Uber powerful, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that. But I just uh, I don't know Uber. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, how did they come up with that name? I wonder. Let's see here. And, and when oh, I say Uber, of course, you know, I'm including, I'm including, you know, other, other, other services too. Yeah. What's the other one? Uh, there's there's U- another one. I know. I, I take Uber so much. Um, there's Lyft. Lyft. Yeah. Lyft. That's yeah, pretty L-Y-F-T. obvious. And a lot of a lot of the drivers drive for both Uber and Lyft. Oh, they do. Yeah. They don't have to be exclusive. I got to be honest with you. I've never had a bad experience in an Uber or a Lyft. It's always a, been a very decent yeah. experience. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, it's it's. I really enjoy those rides. I, yep. I yep. you know, and in, and in terms of cost, I mean, if I compared the cost of Uber to the cost of having and driving a car, it really there's not that much difference. Yeah. And then of go. course also it allows me to beg people for rides. Uber <laughs> used to be called Uber Cab, so basically the idea is it's better than a cab. Ah. Uber cab. And then they better, just kept the Uber cab. part. Whatever happened to cabs? Um, Uber happened to cabs. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Are there taxis at all anymore? There are. Yeah. There are some? Not like there used to be. Oh, God, no. Jeez. You know, the big big cab driver back in the day was Doug Sprinthal. He was mm-hmm. a big-time yeah, cab I, driver. I drove a cab. 
That's right. You drove a cab. Mm-hmm. I, that's what you've talked about. That. He, drove I never one did. Lo- he, he drove one a lot longer than I did. I basically just wanted to see what it was like, and, and I started to like it, but, you know, I had I had real jobs coming up, so... I mean, when so, I say real jobs, I mean, you know, drag jobs, jobs that you where you had to get up every day and go to yeah. work. Um, but, yeah, no, I I enjoyed driving a cab, but it was uh, it was a different experience than Uber, that's for sure. Because cab, mm, because cab yeah. drivers, you know, they, and, and of course, Doug talks about it, they're all, they always had certain experiences that would harden them, like Doug being basically kidnapped and stuffed mm-hmm. into the trunk of his own cab. <laughs> yep. Of his own taxi. <laughs> now, that never happened to me. <laughs> no, you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Doug is about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. Oh, yeah. at least, yeah. Yeah, maybe 6'4". I think he's six, a big four, guy. Maybe, yeah. yeah, he probably is. He's a very, very tall guy. He's a very big guy. So, I mean, you got to be pretty brave to be trying to stuff him into a trunk. <laughs> I know. When I drove a cab, people <laughs> voluntarily went into the trunk. Yeah, they just went in, not you. Just to get away from me. When you go to a restaurant, you expect the chef to be an expert. You expect your auto mechanic to be an expert when it comes to fixing your car. You judge them both by the results of their work. Josh Arnold is an expert in investments and planning your financial future. Josh Arnold is my expert, and he should be yours, too. I talk to Josh every week, and he understands the market and the economy, and he knows how to plan for your retirement. Don't put it off another day. The man with your plan is Josh Arnold. Call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll have an expert planning and managing your financial future. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC Security Investment Advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I would have been a very good cab driver. No. I just don't have the patience. I wasn't either. No. Does it take a lot of patience to be a cab driver? No, oh, yeah. I would imagine. I, I for me, it was like I, I was what I guess I was probably twenty, yeah, twenty years old, and so I went in there thinking that you know I'm just going to be I'm playing it straight, you know I'm not playing any games with people, and uh, then that uh, that determination went away about uh, three four days. Yeah, that, oh, three, four days, that yeah. was about it. Well, what really hardened me very quickly was I, I, I wasn't, you know, a lot of the, the professionals knew where to pick up someone, where not to. But I just like, I just like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 10th and Hennepin. Sure, I'll take that one. Well, they would just give me right. the address. And, of course, it would turn out to be Mousy's or the carousel or something. <laughs> oh, yes, it would every time. <laughs> and so I, I picked up God. a guy at the carousel. I had to pick him off the floor there, by the way. He was sleeping on the floor. No, I can't see that happening there at the carousel or the carousel, as uh, Dave Moore used to call it. Yes, yes. Joe says he is 6'3", and Doug is taller than him. So Doug's got to be at least 6'4". Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I I picked up this guy, and and, uh, he fell asleep, and I had to jostle him awake when uh, we got to his uh, the duplex he lived in on North Washington Avenue. And uh, so he was, he said... I'll be back in a minute. You know, you got trouble right there. They have to go in and get the money, right? So he went in, and I, I don't think it was malicious. I think he just forgot how he'd gotten home. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I had to knock on the door, and he came to the door. You know, he was friendly enough. 
And I said, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the cab driver. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, let me just grab my wallet. So um, he grabs his wallet, and uh, he says, uh, how much was it? And I, I said, it's uh, $5.15. And, and they went by nickels there. Yeah, That's how right. long ago that was. And five cents a mile or uh, whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. So um, I said, I said five dollars and fifteen cents, and by, by this time his his wife or girlfriend was with him, and they, they started making out. Hmm. Oh God! While he's talking to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! And uh, he said, "How much?" And I said, six dollars and fifteen cents." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I think I ended at about seven dollars and fifteen cents. Good. Yeah. I mean, basically, I you know my time alone would have would have demanded yeah. that. But still, perhaps I had violated my values very quickly. You know, 72 hours. <laughs> there That'll it goes. I don't know, the hell with my principles. So that was th- those were the kind of experience I had. But I, I didn't have to worry about him stuffing me in the trunk. He was too drunk to do that. Too drunk to do any stuffing. I have a question for you. And, Andy, it's really too bad you weren't around in the uh, carousel and mousy days downtown the copper squirrel was down there all these these bars well, i mean even if i was i would have <laughs> stayed home and uh i don't know what do you do back then play pong i, I, would, have been the, I would have been the i would have been the at the arcades well, playing pinball yeah, yeah. good Probably choice true. i just don't know mike explained to me the city planner we're going to take two bars and put them right next door to one another on, what is that, like 13th, 12th or 13th and Hennepin? Is that is that about right? Yeah, about 12th and Hennepin, I think. 12th yeah. and Hennepin, just right in there. Why did they put two bars right next to one another? Well, you know, all the bars tended to be clustered together, and which went back to the uh, yeah. early 1900s, I think. Zoning laws, maybe? Well, it was a lot. It was a lot, oh, lot maybe. Yeah. A lot of it was because um, was because the cops rode horses. Oh yeah. And so they That's had to true. be able You're to right. get mm-hmm. to the bars quickly. You're right. I forgot about that. The the horse there there were still some guys on horseback when I was a little boy. Yeah. There still are today. Are there really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, RCMPs. They uh, ride horses. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh yeah, they do. But I'm talking about city police. Well, yeah, no, RCMPs. They're um they're in some cities. Mostly like more rural Canadian cities, but yeah, there's well, there are some places, especially very snowy places, where being on a horse is an advantage over a car. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore. No snow here. Not no God. Well, it flurried last night. Yeah, it did. Or during the day uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. But see, the the liquor thing was all about the the liquor patrol limits. Yes. And so the liquor patrol limits, basically, it was much of Hennepin Avenue, and then it was a lot of Lake Street. And so that was basically it. That's all. Those are the only people who could have liquor licenses. There was an exception for what was known as the hub of hell, 28th and 28th. 28th and 28th, baby. Yeah, so that's that was it. You, you couldn't get a liquor license if you weren't in, in that district. Well, not yeah. to mention, I mean, I have a feeling a lot of these bars didn't have a difficult time reaching capacity. That's so true, a yeah. bar next door wouldn't hurt them if they're already so full that they're turning That's customers true. away at the door. It's just like that one restaurant is successful, yeah, exactly. and so there's another one next to it. Yep. Or it's like why they have Starbucks, you know, once every block. Like <laughs> I don't it, know. Some I, of these Starbucks, you go in there, it's a 10-minute wait. It, it's literally faster to go across the block, get yeah. into this other Starbucks. And the people who are that caffeinated to begin with, they don't want to wait. No, God, no. no. They sure don't. 
I got to ask you guys a question. Do you have memories that you see very clearly in your head from 50 years ago? No, I don't. <laughs> well, you don't, Andy. How I about know. 30 I, years ago? I rem- yes, 30 I, years. I seem to remember a lot of clouds and harps. <laughs> yes, that's right. Back 15 years before you were I mean, born. I would have some extremely vivid memories from when I was extremely young. Yes. Well, like I've told before, my first memory that I remember is um, playing Super Mario Brothers with you and one of your friends. I forget who it was. And I was, we were in um, world or level one, two, the first underground Mm -hmm. level. And I was breaking all the blocks. And you said, what are you doing? You're wasting time. And I said, I'm getting points because every time you break a block, you get 100 points. And I was like, hey, got to get those points. How old were you at the time? I couldn't have been more than four years old. Yeah. Yep. It's my earliest memory. That seems to be about the age where people can It is, often, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a recognized phenomenon. Around four, four years old, you kind of lose all your previous memories, but then start gaining ones that you keep. Yeah. I, we don't know why. I mean, there's theories, of course. It's like, would you like to remember the uh, birth years? Like, you no. know, the moment you were born, the breastfeeding months, that well, sort of thing. I've told Probably you, I, not. I, remembered, I remembered when I was born. Mm. And I looked up at my mother and I said, not you again. <laughs> not you? My God, I'm sick of you. <laughs> the samsara you thing is getting out of hand. When you were in the womb, you kind of felt like you were carrying her rather than she carrying you? Yeah, when I could stop coughing. <laughs> <laughs> a little cigarette smoking going little, on. A little like bit, yeah. Maybe just, just a couple packs of Chesterfields a day. Chesterfields, that's even worse. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, the straights? Yeah, I mean, she didn't, it would have been, you know, the least she could have done was smoked a, a filter cigarette. Well, my mother used to smoke uh, Paul Malls. Oh, Mall yeah. Straights, I do remember. I've heard that the filters didn't actually do anything. I know, I, I've didn't. heard that too, yeah. I'm yeah, sure we'll, we'll never know the truth because, you know, the... Whoever makes the filters is going to say they do, and whoever smokes non-filters is going to say they don't. Cigarette companies. Yeah. Ultimately, it, I don't know how much it really matters, considering you're still inhaling uh, large volumes of smoke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can filter them all you want. You're still inhaling smoke. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. stop you from being hooked up to that COPD no, machine. No, it's not. I actually asked the question when I was a little boy, like four or five years old. When you smoke a filtered cigarette, because they were all straights by the time. I, I mean, I think filters came along when I was maybe about five. Something what is like a straight? Uh, no filtered cigarette. It's just ah, a I see. wrapped up cigarette and tobacco. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. And I asked the question, when you inhale, because I had never seen anybody smoke a filtered cigarette before, so I was kind of very curious about what's that all about. And then I asked him a question. Now you, So you inhale the smoke through this filter. But don't minute pieces of the filter break off and you inhale those too? Well, actually, uh, on a related note, do you know what the earliest cigarette filters were made out of? What? Blue asbestos. See, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what <laughs> so I'm talking about. It's like, probably uh, worse than no filter in that Exactly. Case. Yeah, but you didn't catch on fire. No, it's very uh, fireproof. You could uh, roast that thing all day. So at five years old, I was right that they were inhaling things that were terrible for their lungs. Back then, yeah, cigarette filters probably were worse than no filters. And yeah, it looks like um, (laughs) most research shows that filters don't 
really do anything. Yeah. No, they don't. They, they're probably worse than better. The idea is that they specifically filter out tar because tar is sticky. Oh, right. It gets, yeah. tar it gets and nicotine, right. yeah. trapped in the filter and that sort of thing. But, um, I mean, tar is really only one very small part of what cigarette smoke is made of. There's like yeah. 60, 70 different components to it, and those aren't getting filtered out, so mm. it doesn't really seem to matter. But I, th- I think much true. I think the great the great thing for me, Tom, you've been you've been uh, for what f- uh, forty years at least. You have been an unfiltered radio and podcast personality. Yeah. That's right, unfiltered, which many people do not appreciate. By the way, <laughs> yes, there's no be absolutely there's plenty of tar in this podcast. Fifty four years, Michael. Fifty four. I've been on on the air for fifty four years since I was eighteen years old. Wow. So, I mean, it, yes, it's, there's a certain mental illness you have to develop in order to be on the radio for that long. And I wasn't on straight through because, you know, I then did, you know, Capitol Records and I did voiceover and all that stuff. Yeah. I was out of radio basically from 1977 till 82. I came back shortly. The first time I was at KQ, I was there in 82, but that only lasted one year. Uh, and I don't know what I did, but I did something wrong. People, people so, used to say to me, like, how can you, how, how do you survive 25 years of radio? And I mm-hmm. said, oh, it's not a problem. Uh, just, you know, I just blame Tom for everything that goes wrong. That's exactly right. It's Tom's fault. There's Any no controversy at all, but it's Tom. You know what I still love, Mike, and I can say this to you because you were there for the whole thing. I still love the fact that every new general manager came in had to change a show that was the highest rated show in America. Yeah. Why would you change it? You can't get more successful. What are you doing? It's an old trick. Um, A new manager comes along. And so what you do is you start handing in projects that you put a flaw in intentionally. Mm, Right. Because this new manager trying to prove himself is going to change something. So if you put in something for him to change, then no harm done. But if you, hand like him a, if you hand him a perfect product, he's still going to change something, so he's making it less good. Yeah. That's how, that that's so how people have handled new managers for decades. Well, that's how, as, as a reporter, if I, if I knew a certain um, editor was going to demolish what I'd written, right. I always added a couple extra paragraphs that would be easy to delete. Exactly. You just give them something to do, basically. And then then what they would do is they'd keep them in, and then the (laughs) stuff that really mattered, they'd delete. Oops. I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. Most editors are are, are really good at what they do. But, man, you know, I can remember every story of mine that was edited very poorly and Mm -hmm. basically just destroyed what I'd written. And, again, there's not that Mm -hmm. many, but naturally— being that kind of person, I remember that. I mean, I used to go to bed every night with my stomach churning because of like one paragraph or even a sentence that was deleted. Sometimes a word, you know. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Was was I a prima donna? Of course I was. Not you. Well, I, I don't think it's a negative. You know, I think if you cherish your work, you're going to do a lot better. I agree. Yeah. I do agree with that. But most people don't understand that, Mike, and they get pissed off at you because they think you're being all high and mighty yeah. when you're not. No, you just you just want to protect, you know, something that's part of you, really. Mm, yeah, that's a good way to put it. We only got about a minute left, and I'm just looking back, and I'm not going to say any names or whatever, but I just look back at all the people that I got a job 
that ended up just being a total pain in the ass and trying to change everything. It's like, I got you this job. Why are you trying to change what I do? Yeah, I know. You're I mean, right one guy that. in specific, you remember him, that asshole. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Horrible human being. Yeah, he was. It, it was quite a spectrum, though, over the years. Oh, it was. There's no question. One thing I got to be honest with you about, though, Steiny, Mark Steinmetz, he never got in my way. He never, and I, I'm sure that Hamilton was a big part of that. It's like, yeah. just stand back and let it happen. Don't get in the way. Uh, you know, the only time they ever did, and was I, I've talked about this before, to make the show more political than it was, was Dave Hamilton's idea. But who took the, the uh, heat for it? That would be your boy here. Yeah. I just love it when people go, we're going to change this part and it's going to work great. Well, what if some people get upset about it? Oh, they won't. Don't worry about it. Then when they get upset, well, Tom, that's your fault. Well, you know, like, of, what? of all the general managers, um, really, one, one of the ones I might have liked the best was, was the one who had the, had the job of firing me. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I mean, I thought, I thought she did a great job firing me. Did she, you really I mean, I got hired back, of course. That was the whole deal. You know, I got hired right back, but mm-hmm. fewer hours. And I didn't mind the fewer hours. I mean, you know, and I, she was just doing her job. Uh, the funniest thing she said to me, though, was um, she, uh, so we had agreed on most things, but she wasn't going to give me health insurance. Oh. Which is kind of an important thing, you know. Mm. And, of course, it wasn't just me that would be affected. It would be my wife, too. And um, so, uh, she, I just, I just held out for the health insurance, and finally she gave in, and, and she said, "All right, you're going to get health insurance, but I'm really mad at you for insisting on it." <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she a nice Jewish girl? Yeah, anyway? she was. I, what the hell? Yeah, Mike? well, she was doing her job. That's the thing. Oh, it, nice she didn't. Try. It wasn't her idea. You know, who knows where all these but things I, come from. Again, I have a question. Mm-hmm. You were fired from a show that was the highest rated show in America. Why did it need to be changed? I, I would ask that question, but it all went back to the discord that didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's 100% correct. Well, here's an interesting fact for the outro. Uh, courtesy of Officer Dave, Minneapolis had mounted patrol until 2022. Really? So there you go. Hmm. A couple of years ago. I remember when I lived there occasionally seeing a cop on a horse. Yeah, downtown. I think it was it was just exclusively oh, okay. downtown. Yeah. Well, I mean, God, some of the areas, the traffic, a patrol car would be useless. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's Very like a, it's like um, patrol cars in New York City, like downtown Manhattan. It's like you just get out and walk. The problem with all the horses is, man... When they took a left turn, they could mow down a pedestrian, you know? Yeah, they're not. <laughs> You've got to get out of their way. <laughs> all right, boys, that's going to do it. I thought it was a hell of a show. We learned a lot today. That's what it's all about, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's about education. All the horse knowledge. Right no question. Talk to you guys later.